Leo. Leo. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the podcast, Do You Reckon We Can Meet Leo? The podcast in which we attempt to meet the legendary actor himself, Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) That's right. We talk anything and everything about Leo, devise schemes to meet him, and hopefully entertain you all with our show. So profoundly true. (laughs) I am Lizzie Heath, and as always, I'm joined by my old sport, (laughs) Sam Arthur. Oh, hey, old sport, see? (laughs) I think. (laughs) Bit on theme for the episode that we're about to have, but guys, we've got a really special guest on this episode. The amazing Rowan Moses has come onto this episode. We don't want to uh, give away too much because we want you to listen to the episode right away. But if you want to find us on Facebook or Instagram, you can find us by searching Reckon We Can Meet Leo. Or if you want to send us an email, a voice bite, an image, anything, we'll take it. Just send it to our email at do you reckon we can meet Leo at, at gmail.com. Com. Awesome. Well, before we get into the episode, I just want to say massive, massive thank you to Rowan for coming on the podcast. Guys, this is absolutely our biggest guest we've so ever had. Yep. Massive hype. So exciting, so great to meet her and talk all things Leonardo DiCaprio. Shall we get into it? Let's get into it. All right. Bye. Bye. Leo. Leo. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. And we've got a very special guest this week. We have none other than Rowan Moses on the pod. Rowan, how are you going? I am doing great. Thanks for asking. How are you doing? Yeah, great. Thanks, Ron, for being on the podcast. It's so amazing to have you on. So very exciting. Are you excited, Lizzie? Yeah, I'm also well. Oh, yeah. And this is... <laughs> Men collectively. Yeah, I, I was talking to both of you, but you know, that's all right. Classic men. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that's another rabbit hole. <laughs> well, we did a good 32 episodes, but I think it's time to just talk With Rowan... Thank you for coming on. <laughs> oh, no, thank you for inviting me, guys. This is super fun. Yeah. Normally on a Tuesday, I'd just like be binge watching Stan, but instead I can talk to you guys. Okay, what do you want from Stan? I'm actually at the moment, like me and my best friend and a couple of my other friends are pretty big on the bowl type. Oh, Not yeah. going to lie. It's like my cheeky binge. Yeah. But it's like only coming out every Thursday. So I switched over to Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which is also a jam. Yeah, right. I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's... What? Okay, I don't even... So, like, this is going to be hilarious. I don't like musicals very much. Yes, I'm an actress and I don't really like musicals and your faces are like, should we cut her off this this, uh, podcast? Um, Yeah, I, I just don't really like that whole thing where they're like singing about everything they're doing like i'm gonna brush my teeth now i'm walking to the door like that just um Sorry, what was that does my head in a little One more time we're gonna need a we're gonna need you to repeat that <laughs> oh no okay you know when they're like I want to brush my teeth. Now I'm walking to the door. Oh, yeah, what a great day. Can you walk my dog? Like, stuff like that. Anyway, um, I don't like musicals that, like, don't have, like, chat in them. But the reason why I love this show is there's plenty of chat and then people just randomly break out into song and that's how musicals should be done. What musicals do you see where they don't have a chat? Uh, well, I just saw Hamilton and no like great production value, yeah. but they just rap the whole time. And like, I'm all about rapping, yeah. but like, 
They were like, I'm gonna hand this paper to you. I'm, I clearly can't rap, I'm a super white girl. But you know, it's basically like that. Like so many musicals these days are just constant like that. And I used to, um, my last housemate, we graduated Whopper together. <laughs> and I would just wake up every morning to him singing every musical in the shower. So my whole life just became a giant musical. So he was like singing in the shower about having a shower to a song about having a shower. It was very confusing. I was so, like, all right, Benny. Right, so, he, <laughs> so he'd make up his own musicals and like be living in the musical that he was singing. Oh, yeah, he would definitely do stuff like that. But it also, he was just really obsessed with like many musicals. So I couldn't tell which ones he's made up and which were actual official ones. Because okay. again, I'm not like, a keen follow-up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yes. wow. Yeah. That's okay. But again, I digress. But <laughs> so, yes, that TV show is a great TV show. The acting is really beautiful. It yeah. even has Lauren Graham from Gilmore Girls, which is my absolute binge fave. So. Awesome. Yeah, nice. Not to be mistaken with Golden Girls, which I believe Sam has done on the podcast before. I Look. Oh, I've really? Mistaken, yeah, I've mistaken <laughs> Gilmore Girls with Golden Girls with Gossip Girls. Yeah. Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> like there the, are a lot of girls out there, buddy. I know. <laughs> Actually, FYI, 50% of the world's population, maybe more. So. What? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> We're definitely dominant on the podcast tonight. Thank yeah. God. We have so few female guests. So thank yeah. you. Thank you for bringing us. Oh, I'm so happy to fem it up. Yeah. <laughs> fem it up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> can I say that? Can I say No, bitch? absolutely not. No, That's right, not I mean, like, can we let him say it? I really yeah. want to hear it. Okay. All right. All right. Three, all two, right. one, go. Bitch. <laughs> Wait, what? It sounded like you farted. What? Jesus. Okay. All right. I'll say it again. Bitch. Oh. No, you've got to say fem it up, bitch. Oh, You're okay. missing. Okay. Damn it. You're missing the bit. Yeah. That's why it sounded like you were fighting because you were just like doing like a bitch. I feel really sorry if any kids listen to your channel now. We've just said bitch like 20 times. Oh, there's a lot of swear words. You can just be like female dog, female dog, female dog. We don't actually, we talked about this. We don't swear in this podcast. We don't fucking swear. It's not a Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> fucking oath, all right. <laughs> yeah, you get it. Firm it up, bitch. I know a thing or two about swearing. I came from a small country town, so <laughs> whether I like it or not, it's kind of ingrained into me. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, what yeah. small country town? Uh, I say it's small. It's small because, like, the valley that I live in doesn't even have a corner shop. It's called Martinsville. It's kind of near Morissette up in like the central coast just before the hunter valley okay. so yeah it would take like from my parents farm that i grew up on it would take about two hours walk or maybe a little bit under to get to the nearest shop it would definitely take about that amount to get to like public transport which you know comes like every hour yeah Wow. wow. So you're, you're getting great yeah. bang for your buck. Like if you want to be in the city, you're like, yeah, I've got to be there. Uh, oh, you have no idea. I moved, I live in Ramwick now and at like nine o'clock at night, I'm like, I want chippies. My <laughs> next door neighbor is a kebab store and I'm like, they know me by name. They're like, hey, Ro, how you doing? And I'm like, this is good or bad? I'm not sure yet. <laughs> so moving back home is not an option. Like you wouldn't go back there and go, I want chips. Better start the commute. Better. Pack I mean, like, 
Yeah, it's not a thing. I mean, I do miss there, uh, living there because it's just, I'm such a nature kid. But instead, I don't know if you can see, but I just have a billion plants instead. Oh, and I just pretend that I'm living in my own jungle yeah. and I have like 150 plants. It's fine. I don't have a problem. <laughs> no, no, I think the first sign of not having a problem is openly saying, I don't have a problem. So I think you're... you're <laughs> I think that's you yeah. going, you have a problem, but at least you're one step better to fixing the problem or just realizing that you just don't want to fix the problem. Well, you are which the is, problem. I have a lot of plants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we've learned a lot about you so far that you're a plant mom, that you went to walk yes. that you are yes. a four. Yes. But do you want to go more in depth and tell us who the hell you are? Sure. All right. Well, my name is Rowan Lara Moses, um, or Romo. Um, oh, I oh, have I been that. Romo, yeah, or Ro, whatever you would like. <laughs> um, I have been acting. My mum and dad would be say, saying since I was like a toddler, um, <laughs> making my brothers dress up and do plays with me and running after wallabies being like, be in my show. <laughs> um, but officially, um, I started actually acting when I was about 17. I went to the Performing Arts High School up in Newcastle, HSPA. Uh, and when I finished doing that there I kind of was like oh I wanted to always be an actor but it's one of those things where like how do you take that next step uh and I didn't I had a lot of support from my parents my dad was a film writer and worked in Hollywood for a brief spell um my mom's librarian so very creative family um it was just more like coming from a small country town how on earth do I get into the industry or try anything I was really lucky. I met a lot of local performers up in Newcastle and I joined a cabaret theatre troupe called Love Lawn Living Party. From that, I made a couple of friends and I ended up being in a Boy and Bear music video clip, which was my first professional gig. I don't know if you've heard Boy and Bear. They've got good jams. Um, awesome. So I like wore an animal mask and run about the forest doing my thing. And like I think it's cool. <laughs> all those Yeah, like a wallaby. Yeah, I'm actually, my mask looked a lot like a wallaby. It's Milk and Sticks. It's a good song. Anyway, it was one of their first EPs before their big album came out. And then I remember getting a call from, they were kind of like my agent at the time, but I kind of ran into them in Newcastle accidentally. And they were like, oh, you should go down and do this audition for this like huge film that this guy called Baz Luhrmann's doing. And I was like, oh yeah, okay, I can't drive. So of course I told my brother, I'd give him a six pack if he drove me down to Sydney. <laughs> so I went down for this like extras casting and I was told, someone told me in the line it was for a Bollywood film. I mean, he loves, he loves gems and he loves the jam and the dancing. So, but not a Bollywood film, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then I met up with the extras casting director, Kate Leonard, really lovely lady. And she like took me aside and took like 500 photos and was like, I'm going to give you a call. And I was like, I don't know what that means. This is my first big audition. I'm like fresh 18. I assume they do that for everyone. And then about like two days later, this agent up in Newcastle, 
uh, Haley Knight, she was really sweet. She just went, they want you to go down to set now. Wow. And then basically within the period of week, I was working with Baz Luhrmann and his wife, Catherine Martin, who is such a sweetheart. And I was trying on all the clothes for them and doing a lot of like the camera tests and stuff while they were building the sets before the film started. So wow. yeah, so that was my entrance. Um, since then, I've done a bunch of other short films, uh, feature films, small roles. Um, mm -hmm. And then I moved on and I went to WAPA and did an amazing screen course there with Damien Foley. And then I've come back and since then I have been doing heaps of adverts for international and national companies. And recently I have been starting my own production company and making my own short films. Amazing. Incredible. It sounds like you're absolutely crushing it. I'm giving it a red hot go. <laughs> I have to do. Yeah, that's incredible. Amazing. And I love that, like that sort of, um, that initial, that first role that you went for, you were like, I'll drive down. We'll see what happens. You know, oh, this happens to everyone. Well, like, well it's one of those moments in life, isn't it? Like it, it definitely changed the course of my entire career. And it was actually my ex-boyfriend's sister who told me about this like agent who told me to go down for it. So it was like one of those weird, like oh. when you look at life, it has to be the weirdest connections to get you to land on your feet kind of thing. Yeah. And it really did. I mean, I was on set for well over a year on and off and I got to work with amazing people, mm -hmm. including who must be <laughs> named eventually. Well. Uh, and, yeah, it was, it was amazing. <laughs> Well, I get like that. That's the main question that we have for a lot of the people onto our guests. And you've yeah. hit the nail on the head with our very first question, yeah. which is What's Toby Maguire like? <laughs> <laughs> I love Toby Maguire and I spend so much time with him and he's a good guy. But that's not what your podcast is about. <laughs> but I was more fangirling over him because I was obsessed with Spider Man yes. and I was like, sitting there hanging out with him eating apples at the age of 18 being like just hanging out with spidey man all right like that was my that was really my highlight also he is the sweetest man i have ever met oh, wow. By far. Wow. that's amazing so toby mcguire tick. <laughs> tick. <laughs> so, he's a solid dude <laughs> the guy that he was working with yeah like, what's his name yeah um oh that's right Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio. <laughs> so <laughs> that's it. That's the one. Yeah, for the uh, for the hawk-eared, I don't know what the hawk-eyed <laughs> listeners for the whatever the well-versed listeners who might have heard a few clues there, like yes. Baz Luhrmann and stuff <laughs> like that, and like this amazing film that you were part of. It was The Great Gatsby that you actually yeah wasn't it? Yeah, I met him on The Great Gatsby. It was it was a pretty surreal experience. Even the night I met him, it was surreal. We were filming in Mossman. Now, a lot of the filming we were doing just down the road from me in Fox Studios. And that's where like, God, I wouldn't even know, like maybe like something crazy, like 70%, maybe like, maybe I could be misquoting, but a, a high chunk of the film was shot on set there in Fox Studios. Yeah. Whereas there were a few external shots that we needed to take. And there was this beautiful mansion in Mossman. Um, oh wait, no. 
it's manly you can tell that i'm not from <laughs> i am not from sydney i'm like manly it's like you and gilmore girls it's just it's a nightmare why it's all my geography's shocking so yeah, I, like it's I, an I, m and i like nearly got there anyway it was manly <laughs> there is a beautiful mansion in manly and we were filming there and it was one of those unreal set experiences where we were filming the exit and the entry scene but mainly the exit scene from the first giant party and you you'll see in the film like footage of some of my friends like getting out of these amazing cars and then driving around like crazy and you know like everyone in these fabulous outfits being a little disheveled after the party yeah. um we were there and we literally were like on set so we were there beforehand getting ready but we were on set from six in the evening to like 6 a.m in the morning like we were on set for a very oh, long time it was wow. a really or maybe even 7 a.m it was were the longest real... pardon were there real booze like did you actually drink ah <laughs> no we were all oh and so many so many of us were like just fresh 18 and we we're like <laughs> we don't think partying's meant to be like this oh, like yeah. it looks fun but where's the booze that we've been like thinking about for like the last three years of our youth? Yeah. Um, so no, obviously because of the set that you're on, our uh, film sets do not allow booze uh, for the most yeah. part. Um, so that wasn't the case. I just had like these fake cigarettes that gave me headaches. Um, like so me. they were like clove <laughs> cigarettes. Yeah. yeah. And like n not being a smoker and like, obviously they've got those strict like, things on set so yeah that was basically as close as you were going to get um but they were like pumping music and look Baz Luhrmann is an incredible director I swear he's the only person that could get killer performances out of all his extras for that long period of time he was so awake still at like six in the morning it woke us up because he was just so energetic and we shot for probably about god it would have been for at least like nearly half of the, the filming session, um, there were no main actors put on set because they were getting ready and yada, yada. And they just wanted to like get the cutaway shots because obviously you don't bring in Leo and, and that until, you know, you're ready. I know I said it uh, <laughs> until, you know, they're ready to come in. And um, to be honest, it was like completely unexpected how I met him. I was like, again, fresh 18, just having a ball, some of, um, my friends that I made on set, I'm still friends with today. And we were just dancing and singing and having a ball. And then all of a sudden we were resetting for a new shot and it was him, Leo, him. It was him coming down the stairs and watching Daisy's car drive away. Um, and basically Baz came up to me with another AD and we're like, hey, Ro, we want you on the side of this frame. Um, and they got this lovely older actress, Elizabeth, I can't remember her name, but she was a gem on the other side of the frame. Mm -hmm. And then within like two seconds, they brought him onto set and, and then Baz was like, oh, Leo, this is Rowan, Rowan, this is Leo. And I just turned right. and I was just so tired. I was like, oh yeah, hey. <laughs> and then it like took like a couple of seconds to be like, ah, oh, hey. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, it was really as quick as that. It went from like, just out of nowhere to like, yeah, being next to him and filming with him for the next few hours. It was just, yeah, it was a lovely experience. For real. Yeah, and getting an introduction from Baz Luhrmann to, to Leo. Yeah, I, I was just like, cool, all right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, amazing. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, that's I mean, extraordinary. Yeah, and it's definitely, it's, yeah, it's so fascinating. I mean, like, I'm not sure if you've said it so many times, so we don't want to dredge it up over and over again, but we have literally been asking all of our guests, what's the closest you've been to Leonardo DiCaprio? And they're like, oh. oh our hands our hands were probably touched at some point because we were standing on the same banister. And obviously it wasn't like a connection moment. It was just like... <laughs> filming stuff but he was a really lovely guy he had to do a really intense scene that night so he nodded and smiled and said hey but he was very much in the zone and I think even being a young actress I learn a lot from that and actually being on that set I learn a lot about a lot of the big actors like Elizabeth Debicki that was her first breakout film and she's an incredible actress and she's done so many amazing things since then and I talked to her a few times as well on and off but the main thing was you did realize that there's a lot riding on them. And I mean, that was like, he was Gatsby, you know, like that was his like film and it was really riding on his shoulders as well as Toby's. So um, I could see in that scene, he really just needed his own bubble and his own space. And um, it was a good learning curve to just respect that. And for, for an actor, and I guess as a young actor, I, I really loved watching that and just yeah. see how he could create his own safety bubble and being like, yeah, hey, I respect you and everything like that. But I'm about to have, you know, like a multi-million dollar film riding on my, you know, shoulders. Yeah. So I'm just going to stay focused. So he was very respectable like that. That's awesome. It, yeah, he does seem like um, the sort of person who not necessarily as like method actor, but it's certainly like he's in the role. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I would definitely say that for sure. And I think for a role like that, not that I think, I think he always finds a bit of himself in every role from what I've watched from him and like from his interviews and stuff. But you could definitely see like, it was also like 12 o'clock at night. So like, you know, you've got to make sure that you've got yourself in a good zone. And look, I've done that many times going forward. If I've had, you know, like a close up in the next few minutes, you've got to kind of give yourself that space to try and hold it for yourself and not let external distractions get to you. And it made sense also for his character. His character was totally and utterly at that point consumed with the fact that he just saw the love of his life again. So he's not really going to be paying attention to like happy go lucky 18 year old me being like <laughs> waving her shoe about being like party. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's such a great, I mean, you're learning from the best of the best getting to act with Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, that sounds like the best learning curve ever. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. I will be honest though, at that age and time, and I go back to that and I try to sample that in the rest of my work now, mm. is because I didn't have pressure, like I was beautifully gifted this role. I um, and I mean really beautifully gifted. I mean, I didn't come, I came from nothing, and Baz went to design a character for me and literally had a full backstory based on a real life character and Catherine Martin did the same thing. I mean, they took my photos and put them on Prada um, photo, like walls around the world. Like I didn't know any of that was going to happen. It, I didn't know the gravity of it really until I woke up one morning and my face was on like the photo of the UK times. And I was like, wow. Oh, cool. Amazing. Wasn't like, remember running into my parents' bedroom being like, look, and they're like, you made that up. And I'm like, no, Google it. I swear. <laughs> So at the time, I think 
I learned a lot from him, but I also was pretty naive. And I mean that in the nicest sense. I just was literally waving around my Prada stiletto heel being like, party. And that was kind of where I was at. And I was, yeah, I had a lot of fun. (laughs) I mean, in a way that also makes somebody a great actor when they're just so present and in the moment and in it and just enjoying every second for what it is. And that sounds perfect. Yeah, I think that's what I mean. Like, I feel like that that moment that I had when I was younger, I definitely at times when I've felt stuck as some like as you always feel at times as an actor, I've tried to remember not to recreate that moment because you can never do that because that's what life is like. Yeah. It's just like a little like a little heart remember to be like, oh yeah, it's okay to just be. It's okay to just yeah. be here. It's okay to just like have a moment with yourself because that's what all humans do. And I think that's why we love being actors so much is so we can just show people a little vignette and a little slice of what it is to be human. So, and I know that Leo feels pretty much the same around that stuff. Not that I've had in-depth chats with him about it, but yeah, I I respect his process. Yeah. What about Toby Maguire? So you got to speak more with him. Yeah. Tell us about it. Yeah, I did. I feel like, I know this is crazy, but you know, like, I feel like my brain has put it in a library somewhere because it was like 10 years ago and I've been trying to access it as much as possible today. So I'm not fibbing or, you know, drawing blanks or anything, but um, he was amazing. I remember I talked to him a lot on that set as well, but it was mainly back in Fox studios because we were doing a lot of retakes and stuff. And he, um, my friend Kasha, um, who had a big role in like the film as well, and she had her breakout in that film as well. She worked a lot with him throughout like a few weeks, and um, I ended up getting to work beside them and stuff like that. And he just brought his kids to set, and Baz Luhrmann gave them little art easels where they could paint on on the side. And his wife came in, like he is a humble AF dude and like the <laughs> nicest way possible. Like it was a bit like, Ooh, I'm 18, but maybe one day that's a goal. <laughs> like it was really sweet. It really, really was. And, um, he, we literally just joked about anything. Like it was like, as I said, it was be like, you were just having banter. Cause when you're on set for ages, there's a lot of time to reset. I think because the scenes we were doing with him, he was meant to be a little free and fancy free because he'd just come into the party, just moved, you know, across the road. He had a few drinks in him. So he had a little bit more space to play. And um, we just laughed about anything from, as I said, like eating an apple to just making up weird jokes on the fly. Like it was just like he was a very humble, funny guy. He's a very funny dude. That's the clearest thing I remember without trying to make up dialogue. (laughs) Putting words into his mouth. Yeah, Yeah, I don't really want to do that. Just in like the very smallest case in the whole world that he ever watches this. And he's like, sorry, sorry. He's definitely going to watch this. I'm just out of respect, not going to make up words. I say as an actor, it's my job to make up words. But anyway. (laughs) Yeah, no, he's <laughs> every week asking, yeah. when's the next episode coming out? Well, so, yeah, <laughs> mate, I'm sure Tobes is all on it, man. <laughs> We've had, it's been interesting doing this podcast because we have been looking at like anything and everything Leo. And because Toby Maguire is 
great friends with Leo in real life. Oh, they're such good friends. Yeah. And I loved seeing them on set together. They're like, I actually didn't get the fact that they were close friends until they were on set and they're, they ragged on each other all the time and they were just so playful. And I think personally, just from an outsider's perspective, they may think different. I loved when they were on set together and you could see that probably Leo had a huge role. Maybe it was like healthy for a second to have like the jokes, like Toby to come in and like joke around with him to kind of relax him a little. I mean, I saw that a few times and I, I think they've got a really great chemistry and you can see why it was a really smart role as Baz, like as a director to do that casting. He cast that so well. And, you know, you can see the power of a director in casting in that way because you do need to find like a healthy dynamic. And you can definitely see why like you get best friends to do the same roles or actors that you know work really well together. Yeah, yeah, wow. Because um, I think we, we sort of knew they were best friends, but mm. doing this podcast, we've researched so much about their friendship, like the... Um, like the Molly's game, they're yeah. like the, the sort of gangs that they like the childhood friend gang that they hang out. Not a gang, not a oh, cool. gang, but like I don't know how you call it. Like you know the friendly. They were gang. called the Pussy Posse. Yeah, they're called the, they're called the Pussy Posse. <laughs> no, they weren't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is well, they may that, regret that later. I don't know. <laughs> but it but it's so interesting. Like I mean, you know, like doing something like that, creating like a friendly gang name like the pussy posse and then not really realizing how you know big they're going to get later on like yeah i totally get that and it's kind of i guess to what i'm saying as well there is that level like we say luck in the industry but also like people really focus on that it's like luck with a lot of bloody hard work like you can't just have luck and like they definitely are two of the hardest working actors I can think of in like their generation at the top of my head, you know, they really, they really are. And that's why they've kind of stood the test of time. And like every actor has their valleys and peaks, but it's been like particularly interesting to look at both those actors and see just the variety of roles they've lent themselves to. Like, I think that's, you know, in that self, like how much of a compliment that is to them as an actor, you know, not everyone can manage to play that kind of breadth of role, you know. Yeah, yeah. so true. So true. Um, speaking of which, what is your favourite Leonardo DiCaprio film? Is it The Great Gatsby? Uh, I knew it was to come. I, <laughs> mm, also, I'm going to say it's, it's a hard tie because I, I love The Great Gatsby and it's one of those things where people would just assume that I don't like watching it because I'm in it and I do feel like that with many of the things that I'm in but it's just such a wild ride and it's so nostalgic and I remember going to a lot of red carpet events and like at the beginning watching like it like maybe by the time that it left the cinema I'd already watched it at least five times in the cinema um I still have it on dvd my mum they did a reprint not that long ago and my mum bought the reprint and I'm like it's the same film (laughs) mum But, like, it was so sweet of them. So I'm going to say, with thought... Mm -hmm. My my nominations are... (laughs) My nominations are... (laughs) Drum roll. (laughs) Um, I 
Oh, what was he? Oh, now I want to IMDB something and double check because I feel like I'm missing something. So we're just going to ramble for a red hot second while yeah. I make sure that I'm not screwing this up. I will say I have a special place in my heart for The Revenant. The reason being is because, my God, that was harrowing. Um, but also right. the day I finished watching that, I got my acceptance to Whopper. So, again, right. I'm not being, you know, I'm not trying to be self-involved or anything. It just, like, I remember, like, having this really powerful moment. I remember leaving the Central Coast Cinema at Tugra <laughs> with my folks and my bros. And I remember just being... Like me and my dad, because my dad is very similar to me, very verbose, believe it or not. Um, it runs in the family. And um, really heartfelt and we're very passionate about great acting. And I remember walking out, my mum my mom kind of was like, okay, you two, you go do your nerdy thing. And we kind of like me and my dad braced each other and looked into each other's eyes and I went, that's winning an Oscar. Mm-hmm. And, and I just remember having a tear in my eye being like, like, I know a lot of people, like, a lot of people slammed that film being like, oh, he just crawled for, like, a billion days and he got an Oscar. Yeah, and it's like, no, like, <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> but for me, I watched it and it was in his eyes. And I think the the tale of, a like, the, you know, of a good actor, mm-hmm. you know, and the way that you can rate a good actor is if, it's living in their eyes. Imagine it's like if it's just in their eyes and that's it. And if you can see an entire world and all their pain and all their love and all that human emotion in one frame, in two, whatever, throughout the course of the film in their eyes mm-hmm. and they can still keep it contained and go through what his character had to go through, I'm like, that's all right, mate. Gross. Let's give you that golden statue. So... At the moment, let's say The Revenant, because I went on a long rant about it. <laughs> well, the, the other question but he's done so many great films. <laughs> he has. He's done heaps. Say, so I'm, like, Googling it right now. <laughs> well, the, the other question I was going to um, ask Rowan is, or Romo, is, um, we, we, you know, we're on that Romo level. but You're like, we're, we're on nickname basis now, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, is, um, when's the last time that you watched The Great Gatsby? And follow-up question, I guess, or well, not even a follow-up question, it's more of a, I can imagine, like, like you said, like The Revenant, where you associate The Revenant with your acceptance into Whopper, like watching The Great Gatsby, you, you would be watching a movie, but it also bring up memories of you filming in set. Like you'd have such a different reaction to, or experience watching that movie as opposed to your average. Yeah, I guess I do. Like you're saying, instead of like, you know, um, this is a perfect example. I remembered how surreal it felt for me at the age of what? It came out when I was, I filmed it when I was 18. It came out a couple of years later. So let's do a red hot guess and say 20. I remember being about 20 and I remember being on the train in my PJs coming back from my mate's party hungover AF (laughs) and these people next to me were raving about The Great Gatsby and how amazing it was and how they wanted like to see it again in the cinema and all the dresses were great and all the Prada girls and everything. So like almost a direct reference to like the small, small part I had in that. And I, could not help but cack myself laughing to the point where they looked at me and I was like, I'm not ready to explain this one to you. And it was one of those weird things where I was like, oh, 
that's strange. Um, But when I rewatch it every time, you're right. What I see in it is the art department and the assistant directors, because they were like, they were like 10 assistant directors. And some of those directors I have known for years now, and I've gone on and done smaller projects with them. Same with makeup artists. You know, um, I've seen them on many other jobs. Some of them I'm still close friends with. And you see the work that they put in. And straight away when I watch that film, you can't help but like nostalgically go back to a time where I remember like a, it was a set designer and she was hand making these little butterflies, like painting them and putting them on a toadstool that was next to a chair that was next to a table that was next to a grand piano, which was next to his entire party. And I was like, boom. And I was like, no one's ever really going to, as a, like, as a audience member, they get it. And you do, you can see it in the movie. It's overwhelming, but you're not going to even understand the hours and the level and the time that this crew went into making this visual masterpiece, you know, and it, and you really, when I watch it back, I always try to find the little butterflies. Yeah. 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 I don't know if they are, maybe it's behind the scenes or something, but I, I, I just love the attention to detail and Catherine Martin spent a lot of time, you know, running up all the visual side of those things. She's excellent. Um, so yeah, that's what I think. Also, I love Titanic. I just want to quickly put that in there as a side quip. I mean, come on, how can you not? Like, I know it's like so much drama, but also like him and Kate Winslet. I mean, it's Kate Winslet. Like, please. Now that's acting goals for me as a woman. Oh, yeah. So profoundly true. Did you say drama as in like drowning drama? Is that what you're going for? (laughs) No, no. I just meant drama. But sometimes I'm like quirky. I'm like drama. Drama. (laughs) Because it's American. Like I go to drama. (laughs) So I just like get into an American Oh, I, I say math all the time because Man. I'm like self-test. I'm like self-testing in an American accent very often, or I'm doing American scenes. And then I end up like living my real life and everyone's like, what are you doing? For a very specific role of like, someone says, what's your favorite subject? And you're like drama. And it's like, no, nah, what's another one? It's like math. <laughs> it's like, oh. yeah. okay. I should do it. I should do a sketch on that. That would be good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'll credit you. Yes, please. Yes. I'm making it. <laughs> Can you do a Margot Robbie, like the, the accent she does when with the flicky hands in Wolf of Wall Street? God, no, that like took her so long to perfect. I'm not even going to, I can't do a Brooklyn accent. Um, if you want, my friend Ray can, and she's a voice actor. Um, <laughs> she's, no, um, I'm, I'm very good at an American accent because I spend a lot of time trying to like hone that one in. Um, but I would definitely not even on a podcast try to try and do a Brooklyn accent. It is very, it is very particular. Um, and I want to do it justice and believe it or not, I'm a perfectionist being an actor. So, (laughs) well, Lizzie's a perfectionist too. And I think it's only fair (laughs) that, you know, oh my God, is she going to do it? Oh, I don't know, but you got to do it. You know, let's pass the baton over. I guess it's my turn. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I can't wait to see this train wreck. Um, 
uh, what's a line from it? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to wear any underwear. <laughs> what's wrong, daddy? <laughs> That's I mean, that's not yeah. half bad. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, well, we may have to, we might have to tweak it a little, but yeah. we'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll insert Margot Robbie's actual yeah. lines into that video. Wow, Lizzie, that was incredible. That oh my was God. Extraordinary. <laughs> that was... Apparently how she got into it though, was she just imagined that she'd just been to a nail salon and she started doing that. And then she started, like, they were like, make it more sassy. And so she was like, oh my God. Yeah. Wow. I've heard a lot of actors have done that before as well. What's the actress? I can't remember the actress who plays Rosa in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but she does like a really similar kind of accent when she goes, the one episode she goes into a nail salon to like help Jake out. She comes back like platinum blonde. She's like, you don't even want to know. <laughs> don't even try me. Don't even try me. You don't even want to know. And yeah. I just from that I just got like going to nail salons is a big one for Brooklyn. Like if you want to perfect the Brooklyn accent, just go to a nail salon. Is yes, that, yes. Okay. That's what if you want to do anything, if you want to hear any goss or get anywhere in your social life, that's where you gotta go. I say this as I've never been, so you know. I've been to America, but I have never been to the east side. So I don't wanna like act like, you know, I know what I'm doing on the east side when I haven't even been there. <laughs> Yeah. It's just an iconic scene when she's like, I'm so sick of wearing panties. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely it's definitely going to be one of her most memorable moments. I mean, yeah. it was also one of her breakout roles and she did yeah. incredibly well to be that daring and that fearless in her role. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Titanic, Great Gatsby and The Revenant Revenant. are your favourite. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, we'll, like we'll just do we'll just do a red hot tie. I mean, like then I'm also like Inception's, you know, a fun go as well. But then I'm like, okay, now I'm giving you too many. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, again, it's been it's been so great doing this podcast because we've seen some of the more obscure ones. I don't know if you've heard The Beach. Have you heard that film with Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah, I have. I think I've only watched glances of it. I can't say I've watched the full oh, thing. You got to watch it in full because it's a journey. It's it's a real treat. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I love the fact that some actors like that just kind of go on and do whatever they kind of want. Like, I mean, I will mention his performance in Django. Like, I may not be like the hugest Tarantino fan just because I'm a bit squeamish around violence. I know I actually have to get over that when I have to like be on sets and do stuff with that. <laughs> but his scene where he legitimately cut his hand yeah. in the mid, do you know that happened? Yeah. So in that scene, he cut, he actually cut his hand and he just kept going. And that was him. It wasn't like, you know, a director being dodgy. It was him as an actor going, I'm going to keep doing this. Yeah. And it, it made the cut. And you can see why, because he just like had that real life reaction of, I cut my hand, I don't care, I'm a maniac. And, you know, he did it really well. Yeah. <laughs> he did. No, he's incredible. He did. Yeah, no, I like the idea that you said it wasn't like the director doing it. I like to think that Tarantino kept on coming over and squeezing it going like, now nah, we're making this, we're milking this for all we can. We gotta write this out. You just don't know these days. You hear all these stories, sadly, of all these directors that are basically like pushing actors to the nth degree. And I was literally having a rant about it, believe it or not. Um, to <laughs> what I'm ranting. Um, I was 
having a chat with my friend Brett about it the other day and I was just saying, you don't need to do that. Like, I, I respect if you want to be a method actor and a method director, that's fine. Like, that's your process. Totally. It's not mine, but that can be your process. But I don't think you have a right to, like, push an actor to that degree in their, like, kind of own space to kind of get that performance you need because acting is about imagination acting is about taking a part of yourself if you want and then painting it in a different way as it were and i and i i do hear directors um do push the line at times and you know as actors we've all experienced to, to a small degree uh and it is one of those things where it's like i'm happy to to see actors kind of talking out about it yeah. and that by no means Quentin Tarantino is that kind of guy. He seems like a stand-up kind of fella. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was really impressed with what you said of Baz Luhrmann because I've always greatly admired Baz Luhrmann. I know a lot of people give him crap, but I think he's such an auteur. And to hear oh, that, yeah, yeah, to hear that, like he was so involved, not only oh, like vision, but yeah, by far, I will forever. I mean, I say this, I don't know where my career is going to take me, but I think I will always wholeheartedly say my favourite director is Baz Luhrmann. One, he gave me my first film and I was one person in a million of people, but he still learnt my name. He would still come up and in the morning go, hey, Rowan, how you doing? Like, Amazing. he doesn't need to remember my name. Like, I am but like a small little bit in his masterpiece you know and he is that kind of guy and I think he'll get misunderstood a lot like a lot of great eccentric artists do and people love you know hating on the creatives and hating on the eccentrics and that's fine you know you do you but um I will always be a wholehearted defender of him and I know any actor that works with him will probably do the exact same that's beautiful for sure yeah now can we meet Baz Luhrmann? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, that might be a little bit more realistic. <laughs> Actually, fun fact, I've never told this story. Oh, so here we go. I used to be, like, I did double drama at school. I used to be a fiend. I always thought I was going to go into acting. I never did. It's the accent, girl. <laughs> I just hate wearing panties. <laughs> I'm gonna regret this when I'm editing. I'm like, edit that out. <laughs> Please do not edit that out. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, when I was 17, I was living in Canberra. Uh, who hurt me? And when I was living in Canberra, I always dreamt of trying to find Baz Luhrmann's. This is very odd, and I can't believe I just thought Does of he it. Live in Canberra? But, no, no, he lived oh. in Sydney, but I always wanted to find his address and send him a letter saying like, whatever film you're in, I just want to be an extra. I just want to work around you. I would even like take an internship, just following you around, learning from you. Yeah, I always Mate, wanted- if that got to him, he's the kind of dude that if that got to him, if he had the time, he'd probably, he'd answer that. Like, he's definitely that kind of dude. Like, I know he's a very busy dude right now and he's currently filming up in Brisbane, but, you know, okay, he's a very down-to-earth dude. I mean, he originally came from, it was near Warhope or Cost Harbour. Mm-hmm. Like, he came from a way smaller, like, country-esque 
part of um, like rural to like coastal New South Wales. And most people that I've met that knew him at that time, they were like, oh, we always knew he was going to, you know, move on to the big city and do big things, you know. And you hear stories like that. Um, you kind of do hear a lot of people say that. And I don't know whether it's because they got their shot and, you know, like there's so many creatives out there that don't get their shot and they're still waiting for someone to say that about them. Yeah. But um, it is funny how every time you do hear that about a director or an actor or a writer or an artist or a musician, you'll have a good fair few people being like, yeah, we knew. Because they do. They have that personality and they just... Yeah, yeah well, he just has such a strong vision for every single film. And that's what I find so interesting. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's an artist. Yeah. Oh, yeah, through and through. Yeah. yeah, but it was always him. I always wanted to send a letter to him and I always wanted to just run into Kate Blanchett on the streets of Sydney. That's what I wanted as a 17-year-old. Well, it sounds like you guys need to do a new podcast. It sounds like now you need to do a, a Baz Luhrmann podcast. I feel like it's an option, you know? Yeah, maybe. I give you permission. You should go off and do that. Yeah. We can start reviewing his films yeah. on the side. Yeah, just it's as a, as a side hobby, side interest. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to go to the Twilight films next. We've all got it covered. Robert Pattinson we're meeting. Who else are we meeting? Yeah. Um, well, Toby McGuire's up there. You know, he would be an interesting dude to meet. I would never be against working with him or meeting him. He is such an interesting dude. Yeah. I also love that he was just like, they're not going to define me. Same with Kirsten Stewart. They were both like, this ain't going to define us. And they do some of the indie shit around. And I'm like, yes, team. That's how you do it. And, like, I'm really proud of them. I am too. Yeah. But they're like, and... Look at us go. (laughs) Fem it up, bitch. Fem it up. Fem it up, bitch. (laughs) Now, if you don't edit the first one in, that's going to be really out of context. I also like the idea of um, what was the other, what was the fucking line that you just said? The I don't like to wear panties, daddy. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep referencing that over and over again so that we can't edit any of them out. Like, what you're just gonna be like before you start every podcast, look at her and be like, "Did you bring your panties?" <laughs> like that's gonna sound really dodgy to the person that's on my side. They're gonna be like, "Do we need to give you a red hot minute?" <laughs> All right, sure. I haven't thought it through, but you know. <laughs> I'm just helping you out, man. I'm just helping you out. Just trying to keep me off any offenders lists or anything like that. But, yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, you've had like you you've met Baz, Toby, Leo, and you've met them in incredible ways. One of the questions that we really like to ask our guests, and you can get as creative as you want, and it is a session, brainstorming session, but it's how, a do you, yeah, how do you reckon that we can actually meet Leonardo DiCaprio? And no idea is too off limits because we'll do it. So far, we've got right to Baz. We've got right to Baz. That's the first idea that we've got from you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, that's a long... I don't think he'll be like, oh, sure, I'll just give him an email. Or, yeah, yeah. This is Deeds. Drop him a DM. Like, it's okay. not. It is a. It that, is a that's it is. not. That would not have been my first choice. <laughs> okay, so what I would do is I would become his assistant. I've become Baz's assistant and work my way up from there. We're to talking casual. Okay, but someone like a detective in a few years' time is going to listen back to this footage and be like, 
Oh no. Oh no. That's what they'll say. We don't we don't like to call this these podcast footage or recordings. We like to call them evidence <laughs> just so that we can get all the <laughs> Yeah, but now I don't want to be I don't know if I want to be a part of this evidence. <laughs> Too late, Romo. Um well look, I'm gonna be a little a little a little honest with you guys it's not going to be easy and i and i'm not saying it because you guys aren't nice guys you're nice guys it's more that like from my understanding he keeps to himself pretty yeah. often and like i mean it in the nicest way possible he's a bit of a recluse he's got a lot going on in his brain and like i also really respect that he's a massive advocate for the environment and being an environmentalist myself um props to him like he is given millions and millions of dollars and so much of his visual presence to fighting climate change and everything mm -hmm. so that like tree growing idea that you guys got before that's not a bad way to start for one Mm. <laughs> um, but I now have to come up with my own because then I just look like I'm just <laughs> making up, just taking someone else's ideas. Again, I'm an actor. That's what I do. <laughs> um, I get paid to do it. I get to pretend I'm, I just take people's ideas and run with it. Um, but like, I feel like you, I mean, one day he'd probably be like flipping on it if he found out about your podcast. Like, he's a decent fella. Like, he'd probably be mildly creeped out, but, like, only to the degree of, like, cautiously optimistic, you know? Like, and I think that he'd probably, after a while, be like, I'm so glad that I have killer fans without the killer part being actual. I should have phrased my words better. <laughs> I was like, killer? Killer fans? That was not really the right thing to say. Um... Yeah. Hmm. What else? Um, environmental roots, where you're really going to get them these days, guys. Hey, you work. Hold on. I'm sorry, Lizzie. You work for the UN. Let's have red hot chat about that. <laughs> you actually probably could get to meet him one day if you continue that little UN journey. He chats to the UN all the time, girl. Hey, Lizzie. What are you talking about? You're so close. I feel like how have people not told you this yet? Like, you're your own answer, girl. <laughs> sure. I've been saying that for years. <laughs> and you should keep saying that, yeah. You've been holding out of me this whole time. I mean, what? I mean, not really. You actually did. I mean, you'd be a really bad podcast partner if you didn't know that about her. No, I, I okay. knew, yeah. Well, so I worked... Um, in New York at the UN for a year. I worked for two different diplomatic missions and one of them was the Costa Rica mission, which um, is heavily, heavily invested. One of the key priorities at the UN is environment and climate change. And so I definitely know that the ambassador of Costa Rica has definitely talked with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. So I have asked the assistant to... to um, the ambassador and she she is lovely and she's actually given us a voice clip for the podcast before 
Um, but she said she'd let me know when he's next in town. Wow. <laughs> and maybe I could do another cheeky internship there or something. Yeah, wow. But yeah, but also, like, that is totally your in. Because you can, like, because you're clearly also passionate about it, so you're not just, like, low-key creeper. Yeah. And you can, like, do your UN stuff, yeah. and then you're just like, hey, two parties in one. Yes, but... This cheeky thing called COVID has gotten <laughs> in the way of what? for a while. What a cheeky little fella. I mean, hello. That's why I've learned to permanently live in my PJs and make it glamorous. And I don't know about you guys, but I tried to find, I went ASOS the other day to like find an outfit for like a fashion party because I want to dress up as Cruella because people said I kind of look like her. And I was like, oh, that's smart. Um, not going to be dyeing half my hair white. That would just be way too much of a journey. And I'd make my mum cry. But I was on ASOS, long story short, and every pair of white pants was just loungewear. And my partner found the other day in New York, they are selling loungewear for $300 a pop. And I'm just like, damn, that's just PJs. You can go to Aldi for that. Like, <laughs> what's going on there? Yeah. So COVID's a funny one. It's like let people be comfy, but it's made people go, "Ooh, comfy with money." Yeah, it's a strange yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> let's get to. I digress. COVID's the reason, but COVID's the reason why you can't UN. I understand. <laughs> yeah. But you hold on. It is but you can UN Zoom. So you seeing him on Zoom. And you asking a question and him responding to it or having some kind of interaction, surely that counts in our day and age. I mean, I have not met you guys in person. Maybe I will one day. Um, but, like, I still feel like after this hour I've gotten to know you guys. You've yeah. definitely met me, you know? So it's just <laughs> your, you've got to widen your definition in life. Yeah. So, <laughs> look, if I were to meet him over Zoom, I would find it such a cop out. You know would what you? I mean? I, no, no. I'm I know. I'm, I'm for that. And <laughs> 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 he's like, no, we should take that. We should take that as a win, man. We met him. <laughs> it's like, nah, not unless I'm shaking his hands. I will not, I will not put away my. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about you. I, in the last year, have done so many more Zoom acting classes and meeting directors. And I, maybe it's just because that's the kind of girl that I am, but I've met some of my favourite casting directors and directors and, like, acting teachers. And some of them I've, like, been wanting to work with for ages. I definitely got the fangirl vibe. I was still like, ooh. You answered my question. <laughs> you complimented my crazy buffy hair. Okay. Like, you say this now, but I promise you, if he is talking to you on Zoom, girl, you're going to feel it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're going to feel it. <laughs> okay. I think you will. I don't know. But I seriously, I'm sticking with my gut. You're your own best answer, all right? You're UN. I just don't understand how it hasn't been discussed yet on this podcast. It's made my job very easy. I'm like, do your job. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> nice chat. Good chat. <laughs> and bye. <laughs> we out.
<laughs> shut the laptop lid. <laughs> like, I'm done. <laughs> Yeah. amazing yeah. okay well it's it's a good one guys yeah i'm i'm, I'm all i think it is yeah. it still totally links in with his environmental stuff i feel like he's still doing amazing projects but when it comes to his filming stuff he's definitely more selective now and he should be because at his stage of the career why wouldn't you be you know like if martin scorsese is like want to do a dicky film he's like all right for you i will Martz. you know like of course he's going to do that but he's made it very clear that he is only going to do projects that he super believes in because the rest of his energy, money and time is going into saving the planet we're living on. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, it is fair. <laughs> Solid guy. Yeah. I hope we meet him one day. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I hope you do too. And then, and then we could do a podcast and I can interview you about you meeting him yeah. and then it's just so full circle and don't we love that i love yeah, it would be my honor yes thank you so much <laughs> you better you better remember this and you better email me and be like i did it and i'll be like yes and i'll like get really professional i won't i'll even dress i won't even just wear pajamas <laughs> not I'll even like, just pajamas <laughs> i know i'll like i'll full-on wear a whole outfit i'll put my glasses on so i can oh. see properly Oh my like, stars. I will I'll I will be there. I will I will interview the hell out of you in the <laughs> nicest way possible. No, interview the hell out of me, girl. Fem it up, bitch. Right. <laughs> right. The catchphrase on this podcast. The catchphrase Fem for tonight. <laughs> I'm gonna interview the hell out of you. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a threat, but I'm into it. <laughs> way possible so it's like i don't know if you're putting visuals on this my happy-go-lucky charm is like all my smile on the face the voice if someone hears that they might just be like damn that girl cray <laughs> love it well do you have any other suggestions for us because that's a pretty solid one yeah no i'm liking that one. Oh, uh, look i really don't know if i can do better than that like the rest will just sound like i mean like again you're it's not the end, of, like, you could do that intern, like Baz Luhrmann thing, you know, that is an option. They probably will do a film together again. I mean, they really, they're fond of each other, you know? They've, they've done like two giant films together, maybe more. I'm gonna stick with two, because I can only think of two right now. Also, that is a great film. I mean, like, who knew that you could turn Shakespeare into something modern? I just love how Baz Luhrmann like takes music that's really modern and then like puts it into a completely different context. And you're like, that was rad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I love yeah. Lana Del Rey. So I think the score of. Oh, she is a solid vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I want to, when I listen to her, I want to be lounging in my best dress, but not going anywhere, drinking a glass of Pinot Noir, yes. that's her. Yes. Yeah. She is the writing, like writing down poetry, you know, like your feelings or something like yes. that. That's Lana Del Rey vibe. And I also absolutely love Florence and the Machine. And I love that Florence writes a lot of music um, for a lot of film projects. I think that's really awesome. That is super awesome. Okay, so of course we had to ask this question. Now you've hinted at it a little bit, but we're going to need a clear answer from yeah. you. 
Are you ready, Sam? Yeah. Do, Do you, you reckon, reckon we can, can meet Leo? Leo? <laughs> Awkward silence. <laughs> <laughs> and, so and thank you no. so much for listening to our podcast, guys. <laughs> no, no. You've got a shot. I seriously, I truly believe. And maybe it's just because, like, I'm a super happy-go-lucky, like, kind of gal. And I'm, I try to always be, like, full glass full. Not even half. Yeah. Like, full glass full kind of gal. <laughs> I think, why the hell not? Like, I didn't know that I was going to be a small country town girl wearing gumboots. And then all of a sudden, I needed to learn how to do the Charleston and wear Prada. <laughs> like... Yeah. If I can do that, y'all can. It's yeah. just like, do it in the nicest and best way possible. <laughs> yes. No, we, 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 we agree with that. We, we, we want I'm just, I've just become your life coach. I'm just like, so guys, you're, you can make this journey happen and you can make your dreams come true, but make sure that you do it in like the nicest way possible. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it generous. Appreciate everyone yeah. around you. We'll, you get back what you put in, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, we'll, the other thing is we'll probably spend so much time trying to meet him that when we do meet him, we're going to be so like, what do we say to him? Like, what do we do? <laughs> oh, it's definitely like that when you meet yeah. your heroes. I remember my ex once told me that he met Penelope Cruz in like an elevator and he just looked at her and went, yeah. <laughs> and that was it. Oh, like sometimes... You, you, you can't like sometimes that's why they say don't meet your heroes mm. I don't fully believe in that I think you should meet your heroes with open expectations that they're human yeah and yeah. that you are as well so it's okay if you fail and it's okay if they fail yeah, yeah. it is Absolutely. that just got so deep <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think at the core of this it is a the podcast is a social experiment to try and meet one of the most unattainable actors like you said like he's like closed off he is like it's not like he's just you know reaching out to fans left right and center yeah no and it's not because he's like a rude or anything it's because right. he's literally probably been doing this damn shit for like since he was a kid yeah. you would like you know, I remember the other day on Instagram watching one of his first ever self-tests when he was like probably seven or eight years old. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that took him up to like the top of the pile. And you've got to kind of, like, you're not going to understand that way of living. You have to build those kind of like ways to be able to get about your life, you know, like an automatic accept, like success thing, like overnight thing, like poor Billie Eilish, who was like, laughs about, you know, I went to Trader Joe's the next day. She's like, I can't go anywhere. You know, like he's had a long career that has built all of this around him. So he's had a lot more time to be able to develop Mm -hmm. kind of a way to live his life in a way that's still meaningful for him so if that is him being a little bit more re like reclusive and finding other ways and other outlets like again low-key saving the planet then go him yeah. yeah absolutely and it does seem like he's one of those actors that is genuinely just in love with cinema and he does it because he oh. loves cinema, not that mm. he loves fame or being a celebrity yeah and i love that yeah. I love that he's been acting for that long and he's still like hungry for it and wants to eat it up. You know, I, I love that. I still hope, I think about that. I was talking to my partner about that. I really hope that big actors like that mm. still find a way to get to go to the cinema, you know, still find a way to be able to do those things, those first hand experiences of experiencing film in a cinema 
and all that stuff. Again, COVID and all that stuff. But we're very lucky that the cinemas, for the most part, are still running. Go support them, guys. Yeah. Um, good plug. I'm like, please support the cinema. Please support the film industry. If we're going to be talking about Leo, we need to be talking about preserving the industry that he's in. Um, And the one that I'm in. Um, So I do think it's really important that people could go into the cinema and I hope for his sake, he can still have those things because you can see that he still has a deep love for it. And I love that. I hope that in my long career, I'll still have the same kind of passion for it. I know I still do. I like go to the cinema at least once a week. I'm that, like, at the moment, I'm trying to go to the cinema once a week just so I can catch up on everything. Yeah. Did you see A Quiet Place 2? I haven't yet because my partner hasn't watched the first one. And I'm like, catch up, buddy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But for real. Um, So we watched Cruella last night, which was really out of type for me. Not because I'm not into that, because... I like literally for the last few weeks have been watching like Supernova and The Father and things that are all about like existential dread and love, you know, and all kinds of things that give me so many feels and they're like my favourite kind of genre, but definitely make you come out crying and like making my partner cry. He's like, can we just watch a movie where I don't walk out crying? (laughs) Like I love you, but I don't need to be reminded on cinema that I love you and one day I'm going to lose you. And I'm like, oh yeah, fair. So we saw Cruella, which is a jam. Everyone should go. She's amazing. The music's incredible. And again, tying that in, Florence and the Machine, write a song for it. Oh, wow. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah nice. Yeah. Well, should we wrap it up there, guys? Let's wrap well, it up. Yes, I think so. Good. But, um, Romo, if people who are listening to this podcast want to find out a bit more about you or follow you on socials or anything like that, is there any uh, plugs that you want to give? Uh, now? Yeah, sure. I'm so bad at self-plugging. Um, <laughs> no, no, I should be so much better at that. <laughs> um, but I um, I do have a Vimeo channel um, and I put up a lot of my content there. I should get better on that YouTube train. I'm pretty sure I have a YouTube, but I just don't ever use it. I'm going to fix that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have a Vimeo channel, uh, Rowan Moses, uh, and I also have an Instagram, which is at Rowan Lara Moses. Um, occasionally I confuse myself. Sometimes I put my middle name in, sometimes I don't. My agent hates that. I'm working on that. Um, and yeah, that's basically it really. I just use uh, Instagram and Vimeo. Um, I put up a lot of my short films up in Vimeo and I, cause they're short films at the moment, I'm putting a lot of the links up for them on Insta as well. And yeah, that's probably the best way to contact me for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and we'll put those links in our bios and on the socials when we post and release this episode. So yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, stop it, guys. Thanks. (laughs) Of course. Well, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been absolutely Yeah, thanks. It's been it's been a ride. It's been a good laugh. Yeah. <laughs> We're glad. We've learned so much from you about the industry, about Toby Maguire. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew that he was so amazing? Yeah. I learned about <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not common knowledge. <laughs> definitely is. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. All right. Well, guys, until next week, we will see you once again and we'll close out with our famous signature. Let's see if Romo Are can you remember. Ready? Shoot. Can I remember it? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> It's just like a script. Okay. Yeah. Right. Leo. Leo. Yeah. <laughs> wow.
You and I can meet that guy. What's his name? Oh, that's right, it's Leonardo DiCaprio. With Lizzie Heath. And also with that other guy. I think his name was Sam, I think. The Paul.